You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. I don't know if you saw what's coming on the horizon, people. This week, let me bring up the weather. This week, tomorrow, chilly. Monday, chilly. Tuesday, 60. Wednesday, 60. Thursday, 64. We're talking about warm, beautiful weather on the horizon. So put your feet up this morning. Grab your cup of coffee. And let's go. We have a lot to do. I mean, the Knicks, the Nets, Domingo Herman and the Yankees, Aaron Boone, obviously, where we are with the Mets, the Jets, the Giants, NFL free agency. We are a week away from Monday from NFL free agency starting, which is wonderful. So we have a lot to do this morning. Stump Rothenberg, of course, in full effect at 1030. We've separated it into two parts. That's now a staple. First part, anything goes. Second part, the colleges. Want to make it very interactive with you guys this morning. 800-919-3776. All right, away we go. I want to start with this because I don't want it to get lost in the shuffle and I don't know how long it's going to last for and I I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment where things spiral or gets bad or gets better or whatever the case may be and we don't spend at least time today reflecting and thinking about the first half of the NBA season, specifically the Knicks. It's All-Star Weekend. You'll all watch it. Um, I know the players are not thrilled about it, but you know what? At least it gives us something this weekend. College basketball heats up as well. Duke Carolina, 6 o'clock tonight on ESPN Television. But I wanted to start with the first half of the NBA season. And I think sometimes we always, and I'm big into this too, and it's probably a fault of mine, you never enjoy the moment. And you always are thinking bigger picture. And you think, well, are the Knicks going to bring in Bradley Beal? Are they going to bring in Zach Levine? And is it going to be Oladipo? And what does Leon Rose have on the horizon? And, you know, what are we going to do as far as moving forward? And, you know, the second half schedule is daunting. And what? All right, how about if we take a step back right now, please, and recognize that we are at the all-star break? We are more than halfway through the season. They've played, what, 37 games, I believe? 37 And this team is above 500 for the first time in eight years. And I'm thinking about this this week, and it's exciting. And it's, it's, I mean, to be frank with you, it's, it's thrilling. I mean, it's like they beat the teams they should beat. How many years have you watched the Knicks and they go up against a team that they're better than or they're as good as or they're right beneath and it's, and they don't even compete? And they compete almost every single game. And that's why watching the game against the Spurs this week was so surprising. Because they were right there in the first half. And in the second half, they got run out of the building. And you you felt disappointed and angry and upset. But at least you feel alive. And I know it's a weird thing to say. But in watching the Knicks, I'm excited. I'm into it. I care. And when was the last time that you got to the All-Star break and the All-Star game? And you looked at the Knicks and you said, yeah, you know what? I'm into it. I care. I'm, I'm all about this team right now. And that's, I think, what we all are. Now, the Nets are great. And I'm not even comparing the two. And the Nets are on a different level. And they'll probably add Blake Griffin. And it'll be an embarrassment of riches. And I'm sure at some point they're going to add another big. And, uh, you know, the, the more this season goes on and the more you watch them play, the more difficult it is to envision them not uh, maybe even winning the championship, certainly going to the NBA Finals. And we had Kendrick Perkins on this week on DCR, which you can hear every weekday from 5 to 8 on 98.7 ESPN. And he said, and I should have 
I don't know, taking him to task. I mean, it's his opinion, so he can say whatever he wants, I guess. But he's like, I like Philadelphia to come out of the East. I, I give up. I don't know how. I don't know how, if you watch the NBA, that you could sit here and tell me that, that realistically you think the Nets are not going to go to the NBA Finals. But I just I want to spend a little bit of the show, and I want to get into Domingo Herman too, because I'm watching highlights of him yesterday. He's terrific. He really is. It's, I, I, it's difficult for me to watch right now. It is difficult for me to watch. So we'll get there in a little bit. But, you know, guys, 19 and 18. They're in every game. They, the teams that they should beat, the Detroits, the Sacramentos, you know what they do? They beat them. They beat them. And it's so exciting to think about on one hand, and it's so disappointing on the other. Because here we are. Because what's really changed? Like, when you look top to bottom with the Knicks roster, and the, I mean, Julius Randle, and I, I will be the first one to admit when I'm wrong. I, I hand-raised, excuse me, professor, so wrong. So wrong, and that's fine. You know, you have you have hosts on, on stations all around the country that's like, no, they'll never admit they're wrong. Those are an excuse. I can be wrong. I say a lot of things. I can be wrong on some of the things that I say. And I was never a Julius Randle guy. He was a stats guy. He was a me-first guy. He was a turnover machine. He was a black hole on the offense where the ball went to him and he never saw it again. And you know what? That's different. But why? Why? Why is it different? You think just magically he changed from year one to year two here with the Knicks? Or do you think that there's more of a, uh, a, of a deeper reason? And, and I look at it as, as the coaching. And it's so, I mean, Tom Thibodeau is a sensational coach right now. Because you talk about, listen, to have a really, really good team and win is one thing. To have a team that you look, look at and you say, yeah, they're okay. And to look at their record and say, boy, they're getting as much as they possibly could out of this team. See, that to me is a sign of a really, really good coach. And that's what he's done. I mean, realistically, do you look at the Knicks talent-wise with Reggie Bullock and, I mean, an injured Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett, who, by the way, from year one to year two is a much better player, a much better player. And Julius Randle and Nerlens Noel and Derrick Rose off the bench and quickly. I mean, do you really look at this team and say this is a good basketball team? Yeah, they have some talent. But see, for me, it's more I look at this team and I say they're so well coached, they get every ounce out of what they have. And that, to me, is a sign of a, of a good team and, and a good organization. And maybe we can say that. Maybe on March 6th. Today's the 6th, right? I think so. March 6th. My birthday is very soon. I don't know if you guys have anything planned for it, but my birthday is very soon. I don't know if you have a plan for it, but we'll discuss that off the air. Um, point being is they're fun. They're relevant. They get as much as you possibly could ask out of every player. And the thing that's so exciting is maybe it gets better. And maybe they are competent. And maybe on, on March 6, 2021, we look at it and we say, you know what? They flipped the switch. The, the, the laughing stock of the NBA. If I said to you right now, who's the laughing stock of the NBA? The Knicks aren't even in the conversation anymore. You can't, if, if you brought the Knicks into the laughing stock of the NBA conversation, you'd be laughed out of the room. That's how ridiculous it is. And there are teams that are more talented than they are that record wise, they're not even there where the Knicks are. So it's thrilling to think about. And on one hand, it's also kind of sad. Because you see the magnitude and the importance of a head coach. And you see what Thibodeau has done with this team in short order. 
and you think, really? No one else could have done this? Like Derek Fisher? Like, it just shows you how poor, for lack of a better word, the coaching has been for the Knicks for such a long time. But I think we flipped to the next page, guys. I really do. And I'm not even looking at whatever happens in the second half of the season happens in the second half of the season. Really. If, they, if they're the sixth seed, if they make a deal, and they're the, the, the seventh seed, whatever the case may be. If they're the ten seed, whatever the case may be. I think you have to look yourself in the mirror and be honest. And that is the Knicks are clearly, clearly trending in the right direction. The Nets are great. Like the Nets are on another plane. The Nets are talented and they're fun and their offense is elite and the only team that can stop them is probably themselves. So they're, I mean, that's, you can't even compare the two. But the Knicks are fun and the Knicks are relevant and the Knicks demand that you watch and the Knicks get everything out of every ounce that they have. And to me, see, there's this misconception with the New York sports fan that it's, it's either it's a championship or it's a failed season. It's such hogwash. It's such nonsense. With the Yankees, maybe. Maybe. Because they play at a different level than everyone else, and they have more talent than anyone else, and they should go to the World Series this year. But there's this idea that if, the, if, if New York teams aren't really good, that the New York fan doesn't care. It's nonsense. Because I think we all are kind of falling in love with this team right now before our very eyes. So let's jump off with the, with the local NBA, specifically the Knicks, but the Nets as well. I, I'm not going to sit here and talk Knicks and exclude the Nets fan from the conversation. And they are so much fun to watch. And Harden is just, oh, he's a wonderful basketball player. And they're doing this with, <laughs> without Kevin Durant. I wonder if you have any concerns about Durant. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Let's bring him in. I mean, the, the fact that you were off last week and still had to force your way, for lack of a better term, into, into the show was, was, for lack of a better word, I don't know, questionable at best. But, you know, I'm a big fan, and that, of course, is hailing out of the new house school of communications, the great Ty D. Butler. Good morning, Ty. Davido, fresh off of a well-deserved, much-needed one-week hiatus. Do you I have feel returned. refreshed? I feel do you, refreshed. Do you feel reinvigorated do you feel energized yes and part of it is last night my lady and i performed what was Uh-oh. what we would call Uh-oh. <laughs> an oh god ap- no 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 an apartment shakedown which oh, means okay Woo. Woo. jake I, get that finger on the dump button please i don't know where <laughs> he's going here an apartment shakedown which means anything mid to non-functional was purged did a lot of cleaning out of closets love it and I, you feel I, you feel kind of good at when you do stuff like yes, that, right? Yes, man. You walk into the bedroom and it's you know nice and clean. The like in air the moment, is it stinks. In the yes. moment, it's awful. It's but terrible. When you're done, you're like, look at what we've accomplished here. And I would say, if we were to use a pie chart to divide like responsibilities, it was more seventy-five twenty-five in favor of my lady. But I do feel good about what we accomplished last night. So that's contributed to I the bring positive. Something vote. to your attention. What's that? I'm struggling whether to say this or not, but. Like, you consider me inner circle for you, yes? Okay, I'm, I'm nervous about where we're going here. It's but not awful. Go ahead. It was brought to my attention by a few people this week. That? And I, and I never really gave it any, any thought or much notice. And now when I hear you speak in, in our opening salvo, it is apparent to me, and, and I will bring it to your attention. Can we get there? Let's say it. Listen, I don't want to be rushed, okay? We have three hours. 
It's my show. If I want to take a long time to build up to the crescendo here, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, but I've heard you climax pretty pretty quickly. So let's go. I don't know. You you really, you're an evil guy. All right. So here's what it is. When you speak about, and your wife, who is lovely, by the way. Oh, she's gorgeous. Gorgeous and and bright. And, and, you know, many people upon meeting the both of you think, why is she with this guy? No. But that's... That's not the conversation we need to have. You continually refer to her as either wifey or my lady. And it was brought up to me by multiple people this week. And, th- and this is true. At the station. Uh, w- one at the station. One that you know that's not at the station. And one that you don't know that's kind of in, in my life separate from, from what we share together. Oh, okay? man. So three people brought up the fact that they... It just it sounds demeaning. They don't like when you say wifey or my lady. Like, why not say either my wife or her given name? Why, listen, why do I have to conform to what you want me to say it as? It's not me. This was, this was not a me thing. Now, in, in having them bring it to my attention and now hearing the way you address her, it does feel a little bit odd. But this Listen, is not coming from me. It's a more interesting way. Everyone says my wife for the name. I, I want to be interesting. I want to be different. So I, it I sounds say my disrespectful. It's not it's, disrespectful. I think it's obvious that you don't care for her as much. I mean, as come on, Dave. Stop, it. stop it. Stop it. Listen, that's, stop how, it. Just, that's how I. You're see embarrassing it. yourself. Stop that's it. That's how I see it. I, well, who was it at the station that said it? <laughs> Do you think I'm going to give you that information? <laughs> I'm a vault. If you tell me something in confidence. Should I not lock it away and not bring it out? Yeah, for but other I don't people? think they meant it to be in confidence. It oh, was they so, didn't like so, it. so it was someone listening to the show or someone that I had texted. No, no, no. So, someone listening to the show okay. that texted me. Gotcha. During the show, and was like, "Can you please get him to stop this?" I'm like, "I can't get him to stop if that's his thing." <laughs> that's so funny, though. I love that they're listening to me. But can they, I they men- listen? And I, they're turned off by it. And, and if, I, I think it feels demeaning towards. It's not towards demeaning. Your let us get to know her for a minute. So, what what is your beautiful and she is wonderful. Your your wife's name. Please I mean, let everyone know. Her na- her full name is Cassandra Alicia Rivera. Well, I don't think we need the full name. Just just Cassandra. Yeah, but you know you want to you want to come out and give everything that they want. And I her nickname is Cassie. So everyone calls her Cassie. Right. And you couldn't say, like, Cassie and I? or you know, I Yeah, but Rick's Cassie. wife is also named as Cassie. I don't want people to get confused. Well, I think when you speak and you refer to your wife as Cassie and he refers to his wife as Cassie, people are not idiots. Like, they yeah, understand but, you know, the difference. There, there might be some oddities going on there. Listen, but... I wanted to bring it to your attention. What you do with the information is up to you at this point. All right. So okay. my lady and I did that last oh, night, God. and <clears throat> I feel pretty good today. By the way, can I just say something? You said you were wrong about Julius Randle. You yeah. know who was right about him? Your boy, right here. I tweeted last year that he was going to be an all-star. He didn't become an all-star last year, but he did so this year. I was right about Julius Randle. All right. Now, what I'd like from you is when you're wrong, I want you to hold your hand up and admit that because you are patting yourself on the back big time here. Uh, Yes. Also about the Knicks. I'm excited for you guys. But I think what we're burying here is that they are having this level of success Despite not having Mitchell Robinson, a, a valuable asset who can okay. never be traded, even if a superstar becomes Here, available. Here's what I don't need from they're, they're, That's okay. impressive. To me, here's that's what, the biggest story. Here's what I don't story. need from you. Here's what I don't that's need That's the biggest story. And I think it's a tremendous turnoff, and that is for you to mock. Because I came out here today, and I was sincere, and I was genuine, and we had great next conversation. We're going to get to the calls in just a moment. And we looked at what they have, and we looked about the potential, and we looked about where they can go in the future and all sorts of good things. And for you to come out, and, and be so disrespectful and so 
mocking of this franchise at this point is it's a pox on you. Listen, and I am I am disgusted by you. I'm right not now. mocking it. Look, I'm enjoying it when basketball. Listen, I agree with you on Mitchell Robinson. I think I how about this? How about this? So I said it on DCR. And this was eight. this was in the days that, that Barton Hahn followed us before we moved to five o'clock in the morning. Okay? Yep. I said if I was the Knicks, I would trade Mitchell Robinson. Not, not that this ever came to fruition or could possibly have happened, but this is what I would have done. I said I would have traded Mitchell Robinson and the and the eighth pick for LaMelo Ball before the draft. I think it might have been the day of the draft I said that. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, John Winthrop, Anthony Pusick, everyone who works on that show apparently laughed at me. And they said, does this guy even follow basketball? Does he know anything about basketball? Wow. They, they laughed at me. Well, let me ask you now. Look at We're now. halfway through the season. <laughs> it, it, do you think that Charlotte would even no. think about Obi Toppin <laughs> and Mitchell Robinson for LaMelo Ball? Well, listen, if you listen to Nick fans, they'll tell you that Mitchell Robinson is uh, you know, Ralph Sampson in the making. So, yes, uh, the, the, the Nick fan would have you believe so, but absolutely not. The Hornets would, would laugh at you. It's preposterous. But it's, it's exciting, man. Your team is great not having this They're not guy. Great. They're fine. This, listen, the— for what they have, for what the expectations were, they have had a great first half of the season. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to win a playoff game, but that's fine. It's, it's, it's good to enjoy it while it's lasting. Did you say a playoff game? Yeah. You're not going to win a playoff game. See, you're, you're, you really are. You are something else, man. <laughs> no, you are. I mean, you, you take such, you're a bad guy. I'm just kidding. I like to tease you if you didn't notice that already. I tease you. Part of it is, you know, satire. But I, look, I'm enjoying the Knicks. I, 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 will admit I don't know how you could beautiful be. basketball. I don't know how you. I could was be. wrong about Tibbs. I, I said I thought that the game had passed him by because Tibbs, by the way, Tibbs, Tibbs, Tibbs. Listen, no, no. listen. I want to be universal on the station. It's no. Thibodeau. It's Tibbs. No, it's Tibbs. A lot of people call him Tibbs, and no, you know, no, I, no. I have a personal relationship with him, so he allows me to call him Tibbs. Oh, does he? I thought that the game had passed him by. You know, he had all that success in Chicago a decade ago. He was a disaster in, in Minnesota. But he's he's been— I don't know that anybody could succeed in Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's been great. I was wrong about him. And your Knicks are a game over 500. Best start since 2012. It, it, it is sensational. Let, let's get to some of these Knicks calls because the lines are all lit up and people want to talk and there's a tremendous amount of excitement. And let's go. Let's go to Stephen Bayport. Bring him in. Steve, good morning. You are in the leadoff spot on 9870 ESPN. Hey, how are you? It's actually not a Knicks question, but I was just wondering how you would have handled the whole Harden thing. I thought it was strange that the owner's coming out, like, kind of falling over the guy saying, oh, we're going to retire your number. Let's give you a whole video display of all your great plays on the Rockets. Like, he quit on his teammates. I thought it was kind of weird. And the other thing I wanted to just ask Hang on a second. um, Let me me answer this. I I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, the the guy forces his way out. Is a bad teammate, you know. Had they Agreed. bent over backwards for him to have success there, and and you, you're showing him a video tribute when he showed up overweight and first and wouldn't show up and demanded a trade. Hate that. Hate the number of retirement. All of it. I don't like any of it. You know what? You don't want to be here. Goodbye. When you come back, in my mind, you should be public enemy number one. All right. What's your other point? You're, it's, it's so funny because you're the first one to say that. No, I think Kay had the, a similar take. Yeah, um, yes, Kay was, yes, and the other two didn't agree. Um, the other thing was, um, I actually, believe it or not, someone just hit me from behind. Oh, no. Yeah. 
Oh, well, you should probably deal with that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, thank you. All right, go deal with that. That's terrible. Oh. I mean, I like that we're making news here on the station, but I don't like that we're doing it like that. That's really unfortunate. Now, do you think he was on the Bluetooth tie? Or do you think he was just on speaker? How do you think he was he was formulating that? That's that's awful. That's te- it's your fault. You took the my, you took the call. No, nah, I'm just, I, that's that's disturbing. If that how really is it happened. my fault? It's not your fault, but that's disturbing. If that's what really happened. Well, why would he lie? I I I hope he's lying. I hope that was just some. Sick I, don't, joke. I don't I don't think he's lying. You could tell that the 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 tone of his voice completely changed. I feel bad. Oh man. If, if you're okay, call us back. Just let us know that everything's okay. Well, I think he said it okay. Have you ever been in an accident? You ever been hit? I've been hit, yes, I have, by a uh, UPS truck. Really? But it wasn't like this full-on collision. They just kind of backed up into me. As I, I, was, I was not a bad accident, but a jarring accident. I was coming back from Bristol, and I was on the phone with Sherry. And I was on – have you ever been up there? Yes, I have. I so mean, when I, got I was coming back on, on go up there for training, but sure, on eighty four, you know eighty four, right? Yep. It goes across, and then you go down six eighty four. So I was on eighty four, and I came to kind of a winding part, and there was a standstill traffic. So I obviously came to the traffic, and I I stopped. Well, the person behind me did not. The person behind me, I don't know whether she wasn't paying attention or whatever, smashes right into me. Oh my lord! So I'm on the phone with Sherry. And I was like, I'm hit. <laughs> and she's oh. like, what? <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I just got <laughs> hit from behind. She's like, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. Let me go deal with this. But it, it's, it's, it's jarring. And that has to be scary for her. If she's on a phone with you just having yeah. a regular conversation and you just scream out. Yeah. And then I got home and she was like, she was like, did you have to yell I'm hit? Uh, that's like, I was like, I'm hit. You can't, like, find a, you can't find a better way to deliver the news. Listen, I don't know. It's spur of the moment. You get freaked out. <laughs> but that wasn't as bad as my worst ever accident when I hit a deer. Oh, that was no. terrible. Where was that? Uh, going up to my home, I was, uh, on, I don't know if you know where the hutch turns into 684 mm-hmm. and i was doing nights it was, a, it was this was another work related thing i was doing nights i think the show ended at midnight i was driving home and you know driving all of a sudden literally deer in headlights crush this deer jesus awful seven thousand dollars of damage on the front of the car you've lived some life my friend yeah, yeah you've overcome a story. ton and to be here where you are that is some story you've that overcome so story. much in your life and I can't imagine the deer made it. I'm sure that was the end of, of his run. Murderer. Well, please. He was standing in the middle of the road. <laughs> so people standing in the middle of the road deserve to be hit. They don't deserve it, but you know what? I mean, have a little idea of what's happening. <laughs> you know, have Be aware, aware of your surroundings. Have some awareness. Who walks into the middle of the road and stands there? <laughs> I don't think anybody's deserving of it, but, I mean, come on. Have some awareness, no? Yes, I agree. Bad job. Bad job by that deer. <laughs> You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. As you know, every Friday night in my home, we do movie night. We rotate the selections. It's a snake draft, really. And it was back to the top of the order. I, I went last night. Guess what I chose? Guess what I chose last night? Very timely, very appropriate. Uh, Friday after next. No. No. Would you go with I went with Coming to America is what I went with. The the second one? No, the original. Wow. Well, the kids haven't seen it. So before we sit down and watch the second, I want them to have seen the first. I get it. 
went over really well. You ever have this when you watch a movie that someone that you're close to has never seen and you're watching it and you have this terrifying fear yes you, you love it and you're like oh my god what happens if they hate it <laughs> yes, that now you don't night. look at them the same way right like <laughs> like if, if you watch a, a movie that you love that really kind of shaped the person that you've become and you're watching it with someone that's close to you and they don't like it that can forever damage the the, the relationship i it, think it fractures it that actually happened to me last night uh wifey and i had to watch oh. coming oh. to him i'll defend that it's a culture thing and if you don't wifey. understand it that's a you problem no, wifey I and i so. it is it is uh, wifey and I watched Coming to America, uh, the original version last night because she had never seen it before. She had never seen it. She had never seen now, it. How, how old? How old is Cassie? She is twenty-seven. And what, what kind of life has she lived that she's never seen Coming to America? <laughs> it's it's disappointing, man, to say the least. But we watched it last night, and it starts off a little slow for someone who has never seen it before. Ooh, you're not familiar know. with it. If I you're not know. all that familiar with it, it starts off a bit slow. So I had anxiety. Because I'm thinking the same thing as you, man. Like, if yep. she doesn't like it, it, it completely fractures the relationship. Yeah, I don't know how you have this child that, that she's carrying right now. <laughs> exactly. Like, if she turns to you at the end of the, at the, end of the movie and she's like, Ty, I don't like, I didn't like that at all. That was awful. Yeah, I this, mean, I, I think you have to now really make some difficult choices. Yeah, some custody battle issues right. are going to ensue. But she enjoyed that, it. Yeah. Um, the plan was also to watch the second one. She got halfway through it before she fell asleep, but not because she wasn't enjoying it. I heard it was she, terrible. She, no, it's not terrible. I'm telling it you what is, I've heard. It offends me when people say that. It's not terrible. You know terrible. what's funny? And, and, it, and it shows you exactly how fearful people of, of you of you at the station, in fact, are. So I said I heard it's bad, and you argued before we were on the air, and you're like, no, no, no. It was good, and it was, it was whatever, and you were defending it. You leave the room, and Jake turns on his, his mic to me, and he goes, I got to tell you, before Ty comes back in, I, I didn't like it at all. No, it's not. It's not. It, no, I know Jake could... probably didn't want me to do that, but I had to because I, I heard it's not good. Thanks well, for throwing me under the bus, Dave. But, yeah, oh, yeah it was it's, not it's, that It's good. honesty, Jake. No, you're right. Well, but uh, it wasn't and that. You didn't like it. You should, you should feel comfortable enough at, in, in your workplace that you can sit here and say, I didn't like a movie. You're right. It was not good. And I want to say this. Once I saw that, it, I know this sounds weird, but once I saw that it was PG-13 compared to the original rated R, I knew it wasn't going to be good. But it wasn't terrible. It just was nowhere near as good as the first that's one. Let's not discriminate against PG-13. Listen, if you watched part one, what you realize at the end of it is there's no real room for a sequel. But this, to me, felt like more of a reunion project. With nostalgia and some comedy in it, so yes, I, I enjoyed it. Now, some was it a comedy in it? Yeah. Uh, I would hope that that coming to America would have some yes. comedy in it. But I'm saying, listen, if you compare it to part one, then yes, you're going to fall short. But just the movie itself, I thought it was great. Well, I, I, I'm going to watch it this weekend, and I'm I don't have very high expectations. It offends me when people say they didn't like it. Really? Yes. So I you, take it you very look at Jake seriously. differently than oh, you did before. Absolutely. Day. Well, now All you right. know why I said it when he left the room. The, and the fact that you were so judgmental with a bad movie that someone can't just turn to you and say it wasn't good. Is, no, I don't like that's it. That's a pox on you. All right, Emmanuel and Flushing. Emmanuel, you're on 98.7. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Good. What's going on? I'm good, man. Listen, like you, I'm, I'm optimistic on the Knicks, and thank God that they're not the laughing stock. Speaking of laughing stock, Guess who's the new laughing stock in, in, in league sports now? The Minnesota Timberwolves. I just look it up. They have the worst um, percentage in the history of professional sports. The worst win percentage in the history of professional sports? Yes. Yeah, they, they really are. They are horrendous. They, they really yeah, are just a terrible organization. Yeah, 
I know. I mean, and, and now Kevin Garnett is sick. Uh, it wants to buy the team, but the but the owner Taylor said, "Hell no." I can see why he said, "I don't work with snakes." Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, if if you're Taylor and you own the team and you want to own the team, you shouldn't be forced into selling it unless you've done something wrong. So, outside of just being, they're they're a bad franchise. They're poorly run. I think we yeah. would all agree with that. But why why should you have to sell the team? Uh, I th- I just think because he, I think he has he uh, made some um 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 comments about it, but he but he didn't but he did say that um he that KG never I contacted him about that because you remember when KG was was back at the Bulls um after when um Liv Saunders was about um, was about to die from Oklahoma, he and 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 Taylor and um and Saunders was promised he would be part of the um. um or ownership of the Francis. Yeah, it's, but it's not going to happen, Emmanuel. It's not going to happen. I mean, Taylor owns a team, and, and you, you know what? You just got to put the right pieces in place. I mean, it's not like they have no yeah. talent there. They, they have Edwards. They have uh, Towns. He's always hurt. It's always a problem, and thanks for the phone call. But you're, you're right. I mean, the laughing stock of the NBA right now is Detroit, Minnesota, Sacramento. Those are the teams. Knicks aren't even close to that. Not even close to that. They're They're fun. They're interesting. They're entertaining. All the things you would hope they would be, they are right now. Franco in Jersey. You're next up, Franco. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, you guys make my dri- Saturday drives to uh, bring my daughter to soccer and, and my son to baseball. So I love nice. hearing you guys. So you are that sports parent. Like You are knee-deep in the, in the sports Saturday with the kids. Yeah, definitely. But just to let you know, I'm crazy with what happened with that guy. So I'm actually at a park right now. So uh, you know, no cars around. But Good. Uh, just want to let you know, it's not so much a uh, question, but I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, man, when Rose is out, I think, the, and I'm not an Alfred Payne fan, but I think they need him just because they need that attacking point guard. Like when I saw Frank Nilekina, he did really well shooting. But, I mean, they were kind of off because – you know, no, he was, he's not able to drive, but... When, when you know, you, but listen, here's the thing, Franco. Here's the thing. Thanks yeah. for the call. And, and it's, you're, you're right. But what team would be on their third-string point guard and would you say, you know what, they're in pretty good hands? Like, w- w- no Peyton, no Rose. It makes sense that, that it's a struggle. And, and Frank, sadly, is just, he's not a very good offensive player. Odds are he'll never be a very good offensive player, and... And I don't know the shelf life of him, you know, continuing his, his career with the Knicks. I, I think that, you know, some guys succeed and, and can kind of have a rebirth when they move somewhere else. And I think that, to me, is probably the direction the Knicks should go in if they can get value in return for him. And you're not going to get, you know, bowled over some great trade, but if he's, he's a piece of a trade, I think he has value. I do. He's a good defensive player, and I think he can give you 15 to 20 minutes a game. But when you look at, at, you know, putting the ball in the basket or facilitating the offense, that he, he's, he's not good. Not his strength. Rob and Edison. Rob, you're next up on 98.7. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Big fan, good. man. Thanks. Listen, uh, Stump Rothenberg is the best segment of the week, and uh, I just wanted to run this by you. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard a segment of it on DCR this week, and I felt like you were cheating. I felt like that should be only be for the Saturday show because it's special. Well, here, here's the thing. When, when anything in life has success, you know, they always look to spin it off, right? There's a company that has success. You look to spin it off. So we thought that doing one day a week for one quick seven-minute segment of three to four to five questions is a fun way to, to continue along with Stump Rothenberg. 
I just feel like if it was exclusively Saturday, it's just uh, set you apart. But anyway, that's just my thought. All right. I gotta, well, were you were you turned off by it? Like like when you heard it on on Wednesday morning at six forty five on DCR, were you like, oh, you were turned off by it, or, or you got involved? Like you were you were excited to have the questions. I wasn't turned off, but I was just like, oh, that's Dave's special Saturday segment. We looked forward to it all week. It but Rob, stay. it still is. It's not like it, it, it's not like I took it from Saturday mornings and moved it to Wednesdays. It, no, I just branched it out a little bit. Man. Oversaturation. I'm just no. You know, I don't think so. Think about. I don't. I, I'm telling you, Rob. You have anything else, or is this what you wanted to say? Hello. All right. I guess that's it. If it was, if it, if if I told you that we are taking it away on Saturdays and just doing it Wednesdays, I really believe, Ty, that if we said we're going to do a a special three hour show solely Stump Rothenberg, that it wouldn't be oversaturated. That people would line up all show long for nonstop questions. Yep, You're- that that's true. I actually, I want to say at nine thirteen got a Stump Rothenberg request Wait, today. Yes, somebody called and said they want to go on hold for an hour and fifteen minutes to get in line for Stump Rothenberg. And additionally, I just got another call who I had to let go. I I can't keep you on hold for an hour plus. We we got to get we got six lines. We've got a lot of information we got to get in. We we I can't keep you on hold for that long. I'm like the Beatles. Like you will wait in line for hours just to just to get a glimpse. You're like a new pair of Jordans. Really? Wait. am. I'm like I'm like K-pop. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I like it. I, I I got all the lingo down, baby. There you go. You just That's right. You just don't have the wifey lingo down, but that's fine. We're working well, on yeah, you. Cuz I think it's disrespectful. If I if I called my wife wifey I'd be looking for another one it's, soon. It's a culture thing, man. You wouldn't understand. It's all good, though. It's fine. Okay. All right. Pasquale in, in the Bronx. Pasquale, you're next up on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, boss? What's up, man? How are you? Good, good, man. I just want to say, man, I love your show solo, man. Great show. Thank you. Really good show, man. Appreciate it. Um, wanted to comment out about coming to America Part 2 real fast. Oh, my God. What a... What a dud, huh? Was what it? I, I haven't seen it yet. Is it? Is it really bad? Oh my! I couldn't even get through fifteen minutes of it, boss. I'm not right. Even right from the jump, there's nothing. There's nothing. It's not lighthearted. It's not fun. It's not funny. You don't reminisce. There's nothing about it that you enjoyed. When you watch it, the lady Leslie Jones actually kills the whole movie. Kills it. Kills it. When you see, you're gonna think of Pasquale from the Bronx. Watch, you'll see. Okay, all have right. Have a good, have a good day, boss. All right, there you have it. Thank you. That's Pasquale saying he just did not like it. Now, I, listen, I've seen the first one probably, no exaggeration, probably twenty plus times, and it is a great movie. And in fact, as I'm watching the movie with the kids last night, because they they love Samuel L. Jackson, he's and fantastic. When, when the robbery scene. And I said, do you, do, you, do you notice who that is? They're like, wait, Dad, Dad. And I guess he's in movies that they watch. Is he, is he in, like, like Marvel movies or something? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Dad, that's whoever. You know, I was like, that's Samuel L. Jackson. Like, that's right, that's right. We watch him in whatever movies we watch. I was like, all right, there you go. Pointing it out. I'd lo- I would love some Coming to America trivia in Stump Rothenberg today. Oh, wow. Oh. By the like, way, who- how, how beautiful is uh, Lisa in that movie? Lovely. A, a vision of loveliness. Yes. <laughs> a vision. We, maybe we can get that going though. Some uh, coming to America trivia, part one. That'd yeah, be awesome. I would, you can't ask part two questions because I haven't seen it yet. But the yeah, first one, that would be I'll, great. I'd love that. And it's funny because I was explaining to them. I was like, you know, in the barbershop, I was like, "That's Eddie Murphy. That's Eddie Murphy." They're like, well, how is that Eddie Murphy? 
I was like, well, he's in costume. Like, well, how is that? How does he talk like that? He talks like an old Jewish man. I was like, because he's he's you know worked on the voice. And the end scene is my favorite scene of the entire movie. Oh yes, um, when they're taste the soup. Yep. Oh, the best scene of the entire. I love movie. I love when <laughs> when Aha! he. Ah. Uh oh, what happened? What's wrong? Why'd you start screaming? He says Aha! Oh, <laughs> I I love when when they're like in the the, the wedding carriage and. She, they they ask like oh would you like to go back to Queens and nah. she looks at it and she's like nah <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a, it's a one of the all timers you're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com he's pompous listen shut up and I'll tell you the story he's arrogant do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at and sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like to be that uncomfortable, pimply faced, not very popular kid. But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800 919 3776 with your question and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. All right, now, good Saturday morning to you and yours. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the talented Andrew M. Cohen. Ty, as we get ready for another edition. Of Stump Rothenberg. Do you have our, our standings, our figures, our numbers in front of you? So after going 17-2 and two in my apps. Oh, I'm sorry. 11-2 and two last week. You went 17-2 and two the week before. Nice. So today you come into the game 45, 4, 5, and 14. 45 and 14. That's not Pretty bad. Good. That's not, not bad. Not, not bad at all. Are, are you ready to go here? Oh, I'm ready, my friend. You find that these questions are, are top-notch right now. Yes, I'm a little concerned for you today because we've got some good ones. Okay, we'll find out. 800-919-3776. Let's go to – I mean, this just shows you what's happening with the segment. Let's go to Los Angeles and bring in Dev. Dev, lead us off. You're on Stump Rothenberg. What's going on, Dave? Big fan of yours. Appreciate uh, I love it. you on the prices right this week. <laughs> I was cheated. It was um, unbelievable. Yeah, that was that was great. Um, but all right, so my question, I think it's I think it's pretty. I think you'll get it. But okay, uh, Larry Fitzgerald is the active leader in receptions. Right. Uh, who's number two? Number two. So we're not considering Jason Witten to be active, right? Because he just right. retired. Right, just retired. I think it's Antonio Brown after that. Um, Brown or Hopkins? I'm going to go Antonio Brown. I think that's the answer. You're correct, Dave. Good job. There we go. Lovely start to begin the segment. That is what we call one and oh. All right, let's continue along. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that loves the segment more than Fran and Massapequa. Good morning, Fran. Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm good. You're so excited, aren't you? Two weeks. I couldn't get through for two weeks. I was living. For two weeks, I was upset. I just wasn't the same. I don't think Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus would mind if you steal the phrase, greatest show on earth. All right, friend. People are going to think that we're related if you continue this up. What's your question today? Nah, don't worry about it. You, know, and you, should have, you should have a VIP line. To certain people to get through because I was upset. <laughs> Ruined my two weeks. I'm All sorry, right, you ready for this one? What's your question? All right, my friend. If I stop you, can I get on hold for the college? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Since 
Our great Patrick Ewing had 58 double-doubles in 1992-93. Who's the only other New York Nick with 50 double-doubles in a season? Thinking Charles Oakley. Who else could it be? David Lee. Mello. God. Since what year? Since 1993, 92-93. Uh, Patrick Ewing was the you know the last guy before this guy did it. So, so since 1992-93, since Ewing had 58. Double doubles in a season. Who is the who's who? What Nick has done it? So it's not going to be Oakley then. Um. Gosh. Is it? All? I don't. I don't think it's Oakley. So fifty in a season, huh? I don't think I'm going to get this. Um. I think you're going to stump me here. I'm going to guess Oakley, but I don't think I'm right. Final answer is? I don't feel good about this at all. Could it be Mason? God, I hate this question because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upset myself. I'm just, I'll, I'll, I'm I'll, just I'll thrilled I'll, that it took you this long. I'll go with Oakley. Oakley, final answer? Yeah. Incorrect. One of the fan favorites, David Lee. Oh, and I said him, too. All right, friend, you finally got me. I stink. Put you on hold. One and one. Very disappointing. All right, we'll continue. Rich Long Island. Rich, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, how's it going? What's so up, Rich? In the year, two, in the year 2000, yeah. there were four Heisman Trophy winners playing in New York sports. I can give you two, or you can try to get all four. Charlie Ward. Wow. Okay. That's the one that everyone forgets. Good job. Thank you. Um, Heisman Trophy winners playing in New York sports in the year 2000. Um, Ron Dane. That is two. Vinny Testaverde. That is three. When you say New York sports, is it is it local New York or could like Buffalo be there? It's New York sports. I mean, Buffalo's in New York, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm not sure. Doug Flutie? That is four for four. Oh. That's a job. Ty, did you see? I mean, that's that's work. That That's impressive. I had That's work. Especially uh, Charlie Ward. I had forgotten all about that. Yeah. Flutie and Testaverde were kind of gimmies, but Ron Dillon. You think Flutie was, uh, was a gimme? Yeah, no, I'm for you. I'm Not, not for me, for you. Oh. 
Okay. I'm thinking through your brain. Gotcha. Uh, two and one. Let's go to Walker and Mawa. Walker, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, what's up, Dave? What's up, Walker? I got it. Got an NBA question for you. Okay. So no player in NBA history has finished their career with a field goal percentage over 60%. Okay. What current player is set to crush the record? If he retired today, his field goal percentage is over 67%. I nailed this, by the way, Dave. Uh, I think this is DeAndre Jordan. Final answer. Too easy for you, Dave. DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> That was pretty easy. Three and one. Very gettable question. I think Rudy Gobert is pretty high as well, actually. Yeah, you got to think of, like, dunkers, like guys who only dunk. Yeah, I mean, Jordan does nothing outside of those little alley-oops now. That's really the, the entirety of his uh, of his game. All right, what are we, three and one? Three and one. Clint Capella right, Steve... is another name that came to mind. But go ahead, three and who? one. Who? Clint Capella. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Chandler, too, I know, has got a really high field goal percentage. Uh, Steve in Brooklyn. Steve, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. I do just want to start with a quick shout-out to Ty. No offense to Jake, but the show, the stump segment, way more juice with Ty involved. Wow. Look at you playing to his ego. Did he ask you to do that? No, no. That's just shooting from the lips here, Dave. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Steve. So, baseball. Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Nelson Cruz, and Yadi Molina are four of five active big leaguers, which means in camp with teams currently – yeah. To have homered in every season since 2006, who is the fifth player? Give me the guys that you said again. Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Nelson Cruz, Yadi Molina. Four of the five. And mind you, in camp, active, with team signed, which excludes, say, like a Robinson Cano. Mm. I'm not going to know. I'm going to waste time here, and it's not going to do anything for me. Um, <clears throat> I will guess since 2006, I really have absolutely no idea. You said Nelson Cruz in your list? Yes, he's one of the active players on a team that has done it, yes. Um, Um, Joey Votto. Final answer? I know it's not right, but yeah, final answer. So it's not Votto, and it's a bit of a trick question here. Jeff Mathis, longtime catcher, every year since 06, in camp with the Phillies. Wow. I mean, I, I could have sat here till, till tomorrow, and I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have gotten that one. All right, so what are we, three and two, Ty? Is that right? Three and two, buddy. All right, so he, you put him back on hold for the, uh, the round two. Uh, all right, let's go to um, let's go to uh, Nahal in Elizabeth. Nahal, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Good. All right, here's the question. Uh, it's a geography question. I guess all you right. might even call it topography. But um, what on what in which country on Earth lies the point that is furthest away from the center of the Earth? Furthest from the center of the Earth. So the center, of course, you know, if you drew a straight line from the North Pole to the South Pole, the, the point in the middle would be the center, right? And yeah. Um. 
So here's my guess. I'm gonna say the the peak of Mount Everest. And that would be kind of the more. Is that your final answer, by the way? Yeah. Okay, and uh, the answer is actually Ecuador. And the, <laughs> the name of the mountain is Mount Chimborazo. But here's the reason why. Uh, people might not realize that the Earth actually is a bit fatter at the equator than it is around the poles. Uh, it's due to the centrifugal force of the Earth over the last 4.6 billion years that makes it a little bit fatter. Wow. And so points that are at the equator actually further away from the center than, you know, points that are not All at right. the equator. So there's a lot of information that went into that question. I, I felt good about my answer, too. All right, so we're 3-3. Three and three. we got to get to above, above 500. Um, before we, we finish off here. We put Nahal back on hold as well to participate in uh, in round two. Let's go to... Uh, you have a question, Jake, you said? I do have a question. All right. And before I get to my question, I want to go to Stephen Brooklyn real quick. When anyone starts off a sentence with, with no disrespect, it's always disrespectful. But so I do want to... You feel hurt. I feel hurt a little bit, but I do want to say I love having Ty back from last weekend. Oh, please. And of Can course, and of course any time there's in. two people working on something instead of one, it usually ends up better. That's all I got to say. All right. That. You're wasting time. All can right. Please, so I got a baseball please? question for you today that can hopefully get you over 500. I hope. All right. Let's see. There are only two teams that will start the 2021 MLB season with a gold glove winner at all three outfield positions. Can you tell me one of the two teams? God. Um, probably not. Well, it's not the Mets, I'll tell you that. It is definitely not the Mets. Um, boy, here's a tough question. At all three positions. At all three positions. Um, gosh. Is it going to be the Dodgers? Because I know Bellinger's one, and I know Betts is one. Could be the Dodgers. Could you know what? Could be the the Brewers as well, because they just got Jackie Bradley. Yelich is definitely one. I'm torn between those two. I'm going to go with the Brewers. Final answer. Well, Dave, Uh you always cease to amaze me because you could have gone either way because the Brewers and the Dodgers are the two correct answers. Excellent, excellent job. And just like you said, the Brewers have Christian Yelich, who won in 2014, Lorenzo Cain, who won in 2019, and they recently just acquired Jackie Bradley Jr., who won in 2018. And then the Dodgers, you mentioned Bellinger in 2019. Mookie Betts is pretty amazing, isn't he? 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020. And the third outfielder is A.J. Pollock in 2015. So good job by you, Dave. All right, so that's four and three. Now what we're going to do is take a quick break. Come back, and we're going to go rapid fire. Where did they go to college? I know Ty wants to play that one. 
as well. Stump Rothenberg, 98.7 ESPN. Ty, what do we do? Four and three there? Four in, in segment one? and three, which and is you got to be feeling like a million bucks. The caller that, calls and says that we missed you on this last week. Yeah, but I mean, I don't I don't like him taking shots at Jake, but I do appreciate it. Stephen Brooklyn is one of my favorite callers. He always brings it. But it's important for you to have gone four and three because now this is your bread and butter here. The, the, yeah, the, this is where we uh, we make our money here. All right, so Steve stumped me in round one. Let, let's go, Steve. We'll see what you got. You're on uh, round two of Stump Rothenberg. Okay, another tough one, Dave. Longtime NBA point guard Terry Porter. Wisconsin Stevens Point. Boom, you got it. I mean, please, go away. Fran and Massapeak, we'll see what you have here. What's up, my man? All right, I round two, Fran. Go ahead. NBA player. Larry Sanders. I think it's is it Virginia Commonwealth? Not to be confused. Yeah, he, well, Larry he, Sanders. He, let's just he, say that Larry he, Sanders I NBA think, player. I understand. I got you. Not not the talk show host. Uh, I think it was Virginia <laughs> Commonwealth. <laughs> you, you typically would be now the time you final give the answer. answer yes sir. or no? Submit your final answer. Is this your final answer? It's sir? my final answer. Larry Sanders, first round pick, Virginia Commonwealth. Uh, you are you are just absolutely incredible. There we go. All right, friend. Before you eat, I mean, there's a chance that we could let him go for the next eight minutes and he would just be whacked. He makes love to you on the air, man. He loves me. He's a big fan. All right, Joel and Rutherford. Joel, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, Dave, I'm putting my 2-0 and o against you on the line. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Jim Paxson, Daryl Dawkins. Well, first of all, Daryl Dawkins did not go to college. All Wait, right, where'd so, he go? He didn't go he to college. Oh, come on. You're not asking me where he went to high school. Second of all, Jim Paxson went to Dayton. Very good. Very good. All right. So thank you. Let's give me a break. What, what is the segment, Ty? It's what? Define it for me, please. <laughs> it's Stump Rothenberg. Seriously. Where did guys go to college? All right. So so the, the defined segment is where did guy go, guys go to college, and he asked where did he go to high school. Yeah. And I know they didn't go to college, so I think that, that – just give me the one for the Paxson. Yes. I, I don't need He's multiple. suspended, by the way, for two weeks. Good. Good. I like that. When people are, are ridiculous, you need to, to become like a David Stern kind of disciplinarian and yes. suspend. Adam Silver. Let's go with him. K. Hall. Elizabeth, you got me the first time. We'll see what you got here. All right. This may one may be kind of easy for you, but going yeah. back a little bit, George Irvin. The Iceman with the San Antonio Spurs. The finger roll. George Gervin. Eastern Michigan. Very good, very good. Thank you very much. I mean, come on. He, he was one of the all-time greats. Now we're rolling. And I think what I love about this particular part of Stump Rothenberg, both Ty and, and Jake, is everyone can play. Like, people are probably do a pretty decent job of getting some of these correct. Let's go to Dave and Queens. Dave, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Thank uh, your staff and Andrew M. Cohen for sponsoring this great segment. Um, okay. NFL player this time, okay? It's got to be skill position Underrated. if you're doing NFL. Okay, Terrence, Terrence Mathis, great receiver. Underrated. Yeah. Uh, I think, oh, God, did he go to Rice? Um, He was a quarterback at either Rice or New Mexico. And then I think he went up as a receiver in the NFL. I think he played with the Jets, too. Oh, God. 
It's either Rice or New Mexico. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, Ty, you have any idea? This is all yours, my friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know I'm right with one of the two, but I don't know which one it is. Whichever one I guess I'm going to go wrong. I'm going to go New Mexico. Okay, final answer, sir? Yeah, final answer. You got it, my man. Yes. Oh! There we go. I knew it was either Rice or New Mexico. All right, let's go to Fred and Fresh Meadows. Fred, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Um, Hello. I'm going to hit you up with a question about a fan favorite of the 1980s. Ken Bannister uh, with the Knicks went to three different colleges, and if you could just name two of them, that will be a correct answer. All right, so Ken the Animal Bannister, I believe, went to St. Augustine's University, and he also started that at is a, one of them. He, he started a community college, and I think he also went to Indiana State. Yes. Okay, you got. Oh! But I don't. I don't know the. Uh, now I, I. I think he started at a junior college. I don't know where he started. Then he went to Indiana State, and then he went to St. Augustine's, and he was a. Uh, I think a sixth or seventh round pick. Seventh round pick, Trinidad State Junior College. Trinidad State. Yeah, that I had no idea. But I. Where do you go to high school, by the way, Dave? I'm just kidding. Oh, cute. Very funny. All right, so that's a, that's another one. Uh, do you have one? Are you playing here, Ty? You know what? I've got like a machine gun of questions. So let's hold that to the end. Let's hold that to the end. All right. Let's go to Sal at Astoria. Sal, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Big Dave. 1986 New York Giants wide receiver Lionel Manuel. He went to Pacific, Lionel Manuel. Going to get wicked, wicked. You got it right, Dave. There we go. <laughs> University of Pacific. Lionel Manuel, and we finish off before we get to Ty's rapid fire with Chris and Beth Page. Good morning, Chris. Very quickly, you know, my wife calls me hubby all the time, and I love it. Boom! All right. The term of endearment. Boom. That's fine. You know? Okay, I'm just saying that I'm defending Ty here because I'm like, every now and then I'll call our wifey too because she calls me hubby. But it's, it's, it's Listen, it's strange on both accounts. It's fine. What you guys do behind closed doors okay. is up to you. All right, what do you got here, all right. All right, so uh, Dave, big-time giant killer, probably the greatest receiver in Eagles history, Harold Carmichael. Harold Carmichael. Hmm. Number 17. Yeah, I remember, and he's like six foot nine. Yeah, six eight, yep. He went to some bizarro small college. Did he go to, was it Southern? You got it, Southern. Good job, David. Oh! Davido, how about that, Davido? You are 8-0 in this college, college segment. I told you, th th there is no one better at this than, than me. The, where did they go to college? As good as it gets. Now, will you say that you're not as good at anything as you are at this? Um, Probably so, yes. I believe it. 8-0 so far in this segment. And by and the way, shout out a little rapid fire. Shout out here. to Chris and Chris and Beth Page. My wife listening to the show. She says it's not disrespectful at all. So she appreciates it. That's fine. All right. So I mentioned Mitchell Robinson and his comparison to Ralph Sampson. Where did yeah. Ralph Sampson go to college? Virginia. Come on. <laughs> Jared Dudley. Boston College. Clay Thompson. Washington State. Peyton Pritchard. 
Oregon. Malik Rose. Drexel. <laughs> you are unbelievable. And there you have it. Ty Butler. Ty D. Butler, Newhouse School of Communications. Jake Ty Montgomery. D. Who? Jake Montgomery. I don't know. Michael K. Fordham. Anthony Pusick. Fordham. R.J. Santillo. Brockport. Wow. Andrew Gunling. Syracuse. Ray- I, feel, I feel good right now. Ray I'm the only college that stumped you. Adelphi University for Adelphi. all my Long Island people. Adelphi. Raymond Santiago. I think he went to, uh, it's definitely somewhere in Jersey. Monmouth, maybe? You're unbelievable, my friend. But I'm not sure. I think I'm wrong with that. It's it's Montclair State, maybe. I think it's Montclair State. Wow. Good yeah. Lord, you're good. <laughs> there you go, man. You, you finished. Go. So if we were to count the five that I threw at you, you finished 17-3. and three. Wow. Not bad. Not bad at all. Where Good did they job. go to college? Is just that that's it's it's a genius. Level. It, it is, man. I I wish I were that good at at anything. I'll take your compliment. No Next way. week we're doing elementary school, so everyone get your questions ready. <laughs> Daddy daycare, baby. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the great Andrew M. Cohen. If the issue is simple or complex, the law office of Andrew M. Cohen can help you achieve your needs through very careful yet very concise legal planning. Call 516-877-0595 or visit amcohenlaw.com. I love the caller every week who says, I just want to thank Andrew M. Cohen for sponsoring this wonderful segment. We all thank Andrew M. Cohen. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. B-U-N-E-O-5-3-1. I'm trying to process what I just listened to. How are you possibly that good at naming where people went to college? I couldn't believe it. It is second nature to you. Genius. Genius. About this, Dave, at Swamp underscore Pirate FL. When it comes to NFL players, I always felt like I could do this college game pretty good. At Rothenberg ESPN is in a different galaxy. At this point, we have to start mixing in referees. No, I don't want referees. (laughs) <laughs> but it, it, you're I, so I good. I don't want any part of referees. Where, where actual players went to college, genius level. I could teach a class on it. No, you can. I mean, you're fantastic. Fantastic. It'd be my one. My it's probably is the best skill. What, what's your best skill? Mine. Yeah. I'd have to what think about best, that. The best skill that you have. It might be piano. Something music. Are you really? You're a pianist. Yes. You said. Really? Am I a what? A pianist. Say it again. A pianist. Someone that plays the piano. What are you, Rick? What's the matter with you? Uh, something's wrong with how you're saying it. But, yes. I, I'm I mean, there's a... nothing wrong with how I'm saying it. Your, your ears are obviously not working properly. Matt Barnes. You want to you keep playing? I, I'm just, I'm so intrigued by this. Like, I feel like all throughout the week I'm just going to text or I'm going to call you and uh, randomly call you and just ask you where guys went to college. Like, if this you is... went to UCLA, I'm going to know. I mean, Matt Barnes is a big player. This is, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to randomly call you throughout the week and just throw names at you. That's fine. You're welcome to do it. Steve on Twitter wants to know if you know where Richard from Manhattan went to college. Uh, I think he's a dentist. I'm going to say he went to NYU Dental School (laughs) would be my guess. (laughs) But I I do not know that. You're pretty good, man. Steve Francis. Uh, Maryland. Come on. 
These are you pretend these are just gimmies for the average person. You're just highly Most intelligent. I, I think I think the, the the Matt Barnes, the Steve Francis's of the world are, are gimme esque. Yes, your Wi-Fi must be really good in your house, Dave. Oh wow, because I know you don't believe that. That I mean, that's that's uncalled. No, you know I know you don't cheat, but it's so funny that people after you answer a question in a millisecond are still like, oh, he's googling it. How how can you in that amount of time? I mean, the guy asked me, Terry Porter, I got it it, before he finished, you know, the question. And yet I'm somehow cheating. Uh, Rajah Bell, last one. (sighs) I knew this. Um, I've always known. I know he's from the Virgin Islands. He is. go? Um, Wow. I knew it. This was always one that people would be shocked that I would know. It's either... I believe in you, David. Is it oh, it's Florida Atlantic or Florida International? Florida International, maybe? Florida International. But that yeah. was right after he went to uh, Well, he, uh, he started, started at Boston, Boston University. University. Yes, yes, that I know. But went but to Florida Inter- International University. There you go, there DeVito. We go. There we go. My man. All right. Can, you need, can, we, can we be done or do you need one more? <laughs> we can be done. I feel like you always need to go one more. So go ahead. This is your last one. <sighs> Ah, uh, let's see. Um, well, it, again, it's just because I'm so intrigued by this. Let's go with, I wonder if you'll get this one. Let's see. Um, Tim Thomas. Villanova. I mean, there's there's nothing I can do with you. From New Jersey, Tim Thomas. Literally All right, now, now we can move on. All right, let's go. 800-919-3776. I, I want to get to um, to the Jets. And I want to because, yeah, you know, um, Todd McShay will say, you know, you should stick with Sam Darnold. And Mel Kuyper, stick with Sam Darnold. Dan Orlovsky, he can be so good. Stick with Sam Darnold. Well, I, I don't agree. All right, we've been over it a million times. I don't agree. But if there's one person's opinion who I think you have to really listen to and value, maybe, maybe the most of anyone, Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez was here. Mark Sanchez, let's, let's be fair, had a hit-or-miss relationship here in New York. Uh, did well at times, very poorly at other times, and eventually his career you know, did not pan out the way Jets fans or he wanted with this organization. And what does he say? Of anyone I've heard, I would value and respect his opinion the most. Let's take a listen. Mark Sanchez, what should the Jets do with Sam Darnold? This is becoming an impossible situation, and it's just completely unfair. So it just it's frustrating because I've, in some ways, I've lived that. Not exactly, but in certain ways, you're there and you're trying so hard, but you're just banging your head against the wall. So I really do feel for the guy, um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's got to get done, and I just want to see him get a legitimate opportunity because he hasn't been given one. And to make any decisions on Sam Darnold right now, whether he's a good or bad player in this league, is just like Lewis Riddick said and everybody agreed, is just completely premature. It's time to move on, guys. It's time to move on. And I think you finally feel like like there's a groundswell that we're moving in this direction. And and like Mark Sanchez said, what happens the first three and out? What what happens when he gives you a game of 12 for 26 with two interceptions? I don't think you can get back from this. I, I really don't. I, I think we are past the point that this can possibly work with, with Sam Darnold and the Jets. Really. I mean, the, the truth is, it's not going to be a success here with him and the Jets. 
And the quicker you're Joe Douglas and you realize that, and I, I think Douglas is at that point now, but the quicker you realize it, the better off you'll be. And, and Zach Wilson's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I feel pretty confident about that. And whether it's Wilson or whether it's Lance or whether it's Jones or whoever it is that you love or whether it's Field that you love, take that guy. Start the thing fresh. Because w- what happens when he's not good? He's going to get destroyed here. There weren't even fans in the building last year and he got destroyed. So what happens when he goes out there? And, he, and certainly he's not going to be great right away, you wouldn't think. It's time to move on. It's time to turn the page. And I think most Jets fans are, are ready for it right now. You get some that, that want to play the game of let's move down and acquire picks and stockpile and Jamar Chase and Rashawn Slater and this and that. And that. No. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win in this league. It's that simple. You can repeat after me till you're blue in the face. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win in this league. Right now, the Jets don't have a quarterback. How could you, I mean, how could you sell to your fan base that we're going to come back with a guy who for three years, three years has been bad. And you know what? You draft Zach Wilson, you win five games. Okay. He looks pretty good. You know what? You're fine. You stay with Sam Donald, you win five games. You think that's going to work? No. You stay with Sam Donald, you trade back, you wind up adding a lot of talent and spending money on free agents. You think that all of a sudden a five-win season with a new head coach and a GM that, that is now stuck by Sam Donald is going to be effective and going to work? The answer is emphatically, there's no chance, guys. There's no chance. 800-919-3776. So we'll take a quick break. We'll, we'll come back. We'll get to your calls on the Jets. What's the right thing to do? The right thing to do, and I don't even think it's up for debate, is cut ties. And if you get a first-round pick, and that's been the conversation. If you could get a first, if, if Washington would give you their first round pick for Sam Darnold and you don't do it, what are you doing if you're the Jets? You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.